Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. Yes, we've got my good mate, Martin Ritchie. What's happening, young man? How are you? No, we're not good mates, man. After your comment on Runes' thing there, but... Uh, <laughs> no, good to see you, mate. Oh, I said you were the best player. I put the, no, I think I said you were... I think I said you were the best player, no? <laughs> right, honestly, when I seen that, I was thinking, I can't go on this uh, show here. The worst <laughs> player... The, the worst player to, uh, to play for Swindon that season, he can have a beast, by the way, I think the, the quote was. I was thinking, well, I only made four appearances, by the way. What, that first season, did you? I signed you in February. You were nervous wrecking training the first time you came to. The what, sorry? You were a nervous wrecking training the first time uh, you came. Sorry, this is, this is honest true. When I signed up, I'd been, I'd been on loan to, I went to Dagenham, and I was like, I went there, and the manager sort of, I don't know, John Still, it was the manager, he's old school, literally, the, 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 the if you couldn't do anything else, just hook it at a corner flag and he was dead happy with you. He was chuffed. And it was like, it was so easy. I went there, just did that, scored a few goals, did really well and loved it. And then um, my next one, I went to Notts County, very similar, um, sort of, I don't know, I went there and I was like, I was a, I was a, I was a player there. I, I arrived in the team and then Swindon was different. Obviously, it was like, there was a good group and there was like Trotz, Doggy, uh, Alan Sheehan, some some good players and like characters as well, and I was thinking, like, wow, well, these lads are these lads are a bit old school. And whereas at Portsmouth, I've been with obviously top top players. They were like nurturing me, and then I went to Swindon, and I was thinking, well, wow, these lads are on my back here straight away day one. And I remember the box Dougie was wrapping it in at me, just fizzing it in at me. I was thinking, no, he can't. This geezer's having a laugh here, like he was fucking <laughs> swazzing us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was sink or swim, man. It was ruthless, oh, man. It was, it was. It was sink or swim. But yeah, no. I got to be honest. That I think experiences like that though make you make make you realise that what it takes to maybe be mentally strong enough as well. Because 
yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more, to be honest. That first year, every day in training, I was like, I was nervous. And, and when I went back, I probably reflected and thought, oh, I need to be stronger mentally. Right, we'll come to that in a minute, but there's a few things I want to ask you first before we get on to the career. Uh, how's Emma and the kids? Is she, uh, she still got you on toast? Yeah, she's got us on toast, man. I'm doing all the bath times, nappies, dinner, the lot. Like, because I'm not here a lot. It's, I've been, I've been. Oh, that's on. good. So she's going to stay up later because you're off school tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 staying off school. They're in bed. The, the uh, routine's religious. She, they're in bed for seven every night, so it's pretty good to be fair. It's, does, she uh, it does, does she still love me or her? No, she hates you, man. <laughs> she, she always thought you was a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> what made her think that? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it? Uh, you're just constant on the beer, aren't you? I, 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 honestly, everyone I speak to now says to me, oh, Swindon, what was it like this and that? And I always talk about you and Cads and what we was like to, when we played together now and, and how good it was. But you, both you and Cads, really, I thought Cads was going to kick on and go like, obviously he's had a good career anyway, but Cads was the man, wasn't he? He was like, for me, he, was, he had everything. Like He should have really played at the top of the, top of the Premier League, really. Uh, that's what I was going to say to you. I was speaking to Cad today. He says that we can't even thank us for getting on his move. Came along way. Remember, he used to drive a smart car, and Cad used to drive up to you and say, "Oh, Matt, you want to stick that on my boot?" Cad had a rangey, didn't he? I was talking about the smart car. Cad had a rangey. I was doing about about ninety miles a day as well. I need to pull you up as well because he did thank us actually. You convinced us to sign for Portsmouth. Told him it was a great club. Like, what you ever told us, it was the worst fucking Portsmouth team in the history. That's bad timing, that. You need to That's why I'm sitting here, mate. This is why I'm sitting here. <laughs> He's got his T-shirt on. <laughs> you do. You need a little bit of luck in this game. That's one thing I always think. But, yeah, no, you... Was, you I don't know what... I don't know, was, the, was it a bad moment then at, at the time, do you reckon, at Pompey? It was just a transition period, wasn't it? The pitch, absolutely pitch. <laughs> I was adrenaline over Matt Allen. At least I would have had a laugh. And you told me you go to Pompey. You've been running through bushes with Martin Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else I need to tell everyone, because this sums you up. So I signed for Portsmouth. He's through that next day, Woods. He says, oh, come on, I'll take you for somebody to take you a nice place. You and Emma, me instead. Where did we go? Not a nice gaff, mate, and you two have got trackies on. Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> three courses, Chateaubriand and everything. I think I ended up taking the fucking no. <laughs> no, no chance. No chance. 100%. I can't remember it. You was the one that picked the restaurant. It was a stinking restaurant as well, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but tracksuits, that's me. I, I mean, we actually saw some people, we went out for a drive this morning, seen some people in some jeans, and Em said, why have they got jeans on? Never wore jeans in her life, either of us thinking the same thing. It's, uh, yeah, jeans and that, they're not for me, you know, you know what I'm like, tracksuit. You just used to buy the baggiest things in all sense, man. Anything baggy that all sense had, you would buy it, innit? Yeah, that was a fact, i got to be honest, I look, I, um, I went, I had a lock-up full of clothes, and I went through that a few weeks ago, at the start of this thing, sort it all out. There's some bad gear in there from Swindon days. Bad gear. In fact, you'd probably like it all. I'll send it up to you. <laughs> send it up to man. I need it. Right, before we start, uh, don't have you getting me confused with Steve Bruce, all right? 
<laughs> He's better looking than you. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Right, here we go. Ready for the whole career, young man? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Right, started off at Portsmouth. You would not stop banging on about them. Your first love. Where did they pick you up? What was it, boys? Yeah, yeah, I played for Gospel Borough. Um, I was only five playing um, playing at my local. Yeah, it was five. Yeah, I was playing. I was playing in the under sixes, but I was only five. I was. um, And then the fella, Dave Hurst, his name was a scout. And he said to me, he said to me, we won the tournament. He said to me after the tournament, um, we want to take you on to my mum and dad and obviously. And, and then from then I started training with Pompey. And then, as you say, as you know, it was the, it was just really the, the, the club that I always loved and always went to support and, and never really, I mean, Southampton had a few sniffs when I was younger, but I was a Pompey fan. So for me, it was always Portsmouth. Oh, mate, what a club, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame what happened to it, really, because... Like like you said the other day, it was um, it was flying like the FA Cup final and even in the Premier League got into Europe. I remember watching Milan at Fratton Park, things like that. It was like it was unbelievable, and then just it, it fell off the ed- fell off the edge of a cliff really, and just just um, ended up with side side very centre midfield. But, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was we went from the R to Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know I'm the only guy at Portsmouth that's led up Kevin Kitman though. Nah, Kev, you are. <laughs> I led up the boxer. Did you scrap him? I just scrap him, mate. Put on his ass. Ah, he's a good guy, ain't he? Uh, see that time, Matty. What were the big stars like? The four crank Chad, Diara, Glenn Johnson, David James, Saul Campbell, Canu, Barros. Yeah, just it. it I mean, uh, just what you'd expect, sorry. You know, like. I don't know, I was in awe because I was a fan as well. It was, it was probably a, it's one of them where I look back and think I probably shouldn't have been how I was. I saw, I was training with them and um, from the age of like 14, 15, I was always the one that got chucked in with them. And I remember training thinking I'm miles out of my depth here, but I was also a bit in awe of them. And, but the way they work was just, I mean, like Diara, he never gave the ball away. And, oh, Diara, mate. What a player. Just, yeah, like, uh, I remember Crancher, Nico Crancher, I used to do, he used to do like, Three fifty free kicks every day. This guy like he just whipped balls in the top corner every time and never really got out of first gear. You watch him on a Saturday. Joe Jordan used to scream at him for ninety minutes, and the geezer had his hands in his sleeves, just trotting around, just doing Cruyff turns. And it was just, honestly it's just embarrassing. I remember Joe Jordan; he'd be going bananas at this Cranjar, and he'd just look at him like that. Hard like, to work harder. Yeah, to work harder. Sorry, this geezer never got out of first gear. But it was a joke. Honestly, it was unbelievable. Fans loved it, mate. It was class. But, um, yeah, for a young player, you can imagine you had an Excelic. Um, playing up, growing up with, with top, top players, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable experience. And it, I think it gives, you a, it gives you a sight in to see how good you have to be to get to the top. And, and that, that's what really gave me my drive. I thought, look, the, the, way, these, the way these lads work, I want to I wanna emulate that and, and try that. Any of them take you under their wing, Matty? Was there anyone that seen someone in you and kind of said, come on, come on with me and I'll show you a few things? Yeah, probably um, around that, that era, I was probably a little bit young. I was still in and out of the building. I was, I was still at school and that. But when I left and I was a, a scholar, it was um, Michael Brown, Richard Hughes, that was the sort of group, and Herman Ryderson, uh, Sylvan Distan. So we still had some real good top players there. And I've got to be honest, Michael Brown was the one that, um, in my first year, like 
just the gym. He was on me all the time. Matty, I'm going to the gym. Come with me in the gym. And, and, and that really rubbed off on me. And there was, there was two or three of us, me and Joel Ward, that's at Palace now. He was another one that we always, we had like a little gym school and, and it, was, it was like for two years. It was, it was constant. So that was, that was what Brownie was the one that really took me under his wing and, and showed me the ropes sort of thing. Oh, Michael Brown. I keep the ball of Michael Brown in a phone box, mate. Only thing is, you can tackle it. <laughs> no, no. You, YouTube him. You, I swear, YouTube him after this at Sheffield United side. Oh, this guy scored some screamers, man. I got him with the Tottenham. I didn't. He was a good player. And what about yeah, Harry, mate? How was Harry? Sorry, Harry Redknapp. How was he? Character. Yeah, he was. Um, I've got to be honest. It. I never really. Again, I was young. I remember. I remember going down and doing um, like set, uh, you, the young kids would take set pieces for the, the first team. And he was. Uh, I remember one day he was saying to me, um, "Just put it just above the, you know, like the first man, first man on the post. Just put it a couple of yards above their head. That's what they do." And I'm thinking, "Fuck it, now the first team, but like the starting eleven. <laughs> I'm only about 15. I'm thinking I can't reach here, let alone put it just above his head." And uh, <laughs> I remember I hit like two or three. Like <laughs> Keith's knees, and I can see him thinking, oh, for fuck's sake!" And uh, I'm obviously the longer it goes on, the more nervous you get. And in the end, uh, I don't know what he done. I think in the end he wrapped it up, but he's gone, for fuck's sake!" Like that. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's not too many people we've had on here that young when they're younger, dread doing that hitting corners into the first team. Uh, it's the worst. The worst. the worst thing ever. The worst thing. But um, mate, yeah, I, uh, mate, that's the reason I hated when you left Swindon. You left Swindon, mate. You took every in. And for some reason, that mad bastard put me on corners, mate. <laughs> Absolutely hopeless. He just used to slaughter his own. <laughs> oh, you, you can't reach from the corner flag, man. Not with no, no shot. Mate, I play, honestly, Matty, I used to just play the short corner all the time. And I could see him going fucking ballistic on his side. 90th minute, play the short one. <laughs> Back to the goal. Um, uh, a big influence for you, though, Matty, was the boy Ian Moore, Matt. He's a yeah, legend in the forest, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I had um, Paul Hart and Ian Wine. Obviously, you know Paul Hart from our Swindon oh, days. But, um, so, then I get me started, man. Yeah, Wony was, um, was a winger and, and sort of took me on, took me on and, and, and worked with me so, so many hours after training. And when the, when the other lads had gone in and it, it just talked about crossing and, and finishing and where to run and good areas and things like that. And, um, I had a really good relationship with him and, yeah, he was a he was a big certainly a big uh, big part of my development for sure. Was Harry as harsh on kids as he was on first team boys? Nah, he's worse. So I got to be honest, son. His 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 uh, preseason was the worst until the Canios. Mm. Definitely, he was like um, just running relentless running preseason. I remember if the, and the goalie had to get in with you, and it was it was double old school, but really really good and. Um, him and obviously Roney was a bit younger so it was sort of balanced out a little bit but yeah no he was um, he was ruthless with us young lads yeah FA Cup did you get to take much part in it? Um, yeah I did in a way yeah there was, um, there was I think there's three of us me Joel Ward again and I think it was uh, the boy Lenny Sower that we had a left back who was young and we actually travelled with it Hopeless, never heard of them <laughs> we we um, we 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 travelled to uh, we we travelled with the first team. It was brilliant. That uh, we we went up. We travelled up the night before, stayed in the hotel, and then we went to the game. Went to the, on the bus and that. So that was that was obviously as a fan as well. Of course, a fan growing up, it was unbelievable. 
I actually went from my garage the other day. I got the suit and my tie and that that we wore. So um, yeah, no, it's, it, that was really good. And um, like Boat, I remember Boateng on the day was unbelievable. Um, and we were unlucky really not to win it. But um, I think we did drop us for a free kick, didn't it? No, I'm, uh, I'm talking about the FA Cup that they beat Cardiff, you clown. What? I'm talking about the FA Cup that Portsmouth actually won. Oh, give us a brief. That was, that was about 13. <laughs> that was about 13. <laughs> All right, so the one that they got beat in the final you're talking about, I had drunk. Fuck you now. Is that your researcher or what? That's <laughs> <laughs> a shambles, mate, to be honest. Unbelievable. What's going on here? Oh, I said the question. You should have looked. Oh, but so you're on the bus for that game, though, the one that drove us. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the late. This is the late one. This is against Chelsea. So were you in the dressing room now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the late one. I was probably I don't know maybe I was seventeen, eighteen then. So yeah, no, it's, because, it's because you look f- about forty. That's why I thought you were. Like, <laughs> 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 Do you want to start this again? <laughs> right, Tony Adams. What about him? Do you get any dealings with him? You were on loan at Dagenham when he came in. No, um, I was I, I was alone. Yeah, he um, had a few few passings with him and, and sessions and that. And he was actually quite a good coach. I remember training and and him being a real. <laughs> yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> did, what, did he do that at Portsmouth? Yes. Yeah. Nice like, sports news when he was managing a team in Spain, and there's like a video. Have you seen it? And he's doing that. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but he used to always talk about shape, and he'd always be using his hands and. Obviously, he's got massive arms and legs, isn't he? So, yeah, no, he was. Uh, but he was—he was quite a good coach. He, um, he—I uh, don't know—I don't really know what happened, to be honest. But yeah, no, he was—he uh, was—he was obviously a character and had respect of all the lads because he was a top player. But um, yeah, I don't think his reign ended too well. Matt, you see, when you were there, could you tell like the bubble was going to burst? Could you see signs that when you were at Pompey? Um, not really. No, I mean, as a as a kid, it was like. Everything was just good. Everything was, it was always like, everyone said, oh, it's a big club, but really the, the, the stadium wasn't, the stadium was getting a bit tatty and, and things like that. But um, no, not really, I, I can't say that I've seen it coming because we didn't, didn't. Well, it was so many boys driving about in some decent moors and some decent gear, huh? Yeah, well, you can, you can imagine, I don't know if it was like it at Selwick, but even as, um, even as like first year scholars, second year scholars, We've been there. There was like two or three of us that were probably the better players. And we've been there. We were on like 90 quid a week or whatever. And then we started signing like foreign boys on like two grand a week. And they were, they were rubbish. Uh-huh. And, and I, we, all, all the local lads are like, what's going on here? Like, he's pony and, and, and he's on two grand a week and he's driving around here. He had like a BMW or something. And we was in Citroens and Peugeots and that. It was scandalous. But... I don't know where any of them are now, so... Um, did any of the big boys sort you at the door for, like, doing the jobs or that? Did any of them sort you at a bun? Do you know what? I think, um, I think you might have... Uh, you might have knew the fella. Uh, David Thompson. You know the centre midfielder who was at Liverpool? Uh, what a player he was. We David Thompson, I uh-huh. Yeah, he, um, he came to Portsmouth and he was the same size as me. A big Kev said to me, Matty, get on Tomo's boots. He's a top man and he'd give you loads of boots. I was, you know what I'm like for boots and all that. Yeah. I was like buzzing. So I was on Matty Taylor, Gary O'Neill, they were like the players I looked up to. And then Tomo. And um, Tomo, he, I think he gave me about, I think he gave me about 600 quid one Christmas. I was fucking buzzing. 
I was, can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine? 600 quid. Oh, sorry, honestly, mate, I was absolutely buzzing. He gave me um, he gave Mizunos. He used to wear little white Mizuno boots. I had like 20 pairs of them throughout the season. It's just, uh, take the boots, take the boots. Oh, it's brilliant. Well, and, uh, yeah, but things like that you never forget because even like now, obviously, you don't have, you don't have the kids do your boots now, but certainly when I did have the kids do my boots, even when I was not on uh, anywhere near the money I'm on now, is I always always made sure I sorted the, the younger lads out. And I don't know, I think things like that stick with you. As, as, as you know, I, I remember it now. No, no, but 600 quid to use, it's only 200 quid, isn't it? Because you'd had to give them before, Helen. <laughs> you're, you're a prick, man. <laughs> oh, I see you on that subject. How much are you on now? <laughs> right, mate. Here's where your career starts. Are you ready? February 2010. Sean <laughs> to Swindon under Danny Wilson. Why did you come to Swindon alone? What was the, what was the thought process? Only club that wanted you? Um... No, honestly, yeah, really, it was, uh, was that, that was the first, was that season that was in the Premier League, I don't know, was that a season, um, that was a season after you just, final, wasn't yeah, that was the year you got to the player final, yeah, yeah, so the reason was, um, Ports, I can't remember, I don't know whether I get mixed up with my seasons because there was one, that was the season I was at. I was I was at Portsmouth with Steve Cottrell, basically in the championship, and the season in the championship I started. I played the first ten games. I played at left back actually, and I felt like I was doing well. I was desperate to sign experienced players, experienced players, and um, I said in my in an interview recently about Portsmouth that I was really I was on borrowed time, and um, I knew that he was trying to sign players to replace the younger lads, and and I was going to be the first one out of the team, but. And um, once I had a taste, I've been on loan to Dagenham and Knox County, and had a taste of playing first team football. I didn't want to, I didn't want to sit on the bench and watch really. And I, um, I backed myself to to go on loan and, and play. And I, I got to be honest, it didn't really work out. That that was actually what I've just told you about as the season after. But the season before was just a loan after Knox County. Um, and I, as you as you said, I came and and. It was hostile, man. The the the, the group we had, for as uh, like Jonathan Douglas, Sheens, um, I think Danny Rose was there. He was, he was, he would tell you his opinion. Like there was a few in the dressing room, weren't there? That they they tell you. Uh, David Pratt as well. Yeah, Pratt's. I, had a, <laughs> I actually had a run in with Pratt's one day, and I had to text him that evening. I was sitting in my room. I couldn't fall asleep. I was thinking, I'm going to have to get his number and say sorry because. We had a Barney, and he's one of them chaps that he could, you know, like, he, I don't know, he, he could make your life hell if you didn't like you, couldn't he? Yeah, it, was, it was a ruthless, uh, like, Dougie, Dougie was the one, Matt. Yeah, Dougie, like, Dougie, Dougie could really... crack at a manager, couldn't he? Like, he would hate Sorry? this trouble, but Dougie could, like, slot a manager right in front of everyone. Oh, uh, mate, well, I watched watch one you did on here the other day, and um, you said about when he, when he used to, the manager used to walk over, and he'd say, oh, fuck, here comes Killjoy. And it was, <laughs> it was so true. That's that's they're the little things that went went that like my first, second, third day or whatever when I'm coming training, I'm thinking, oh, this, like this seems like a good tempo or whatever. And then he's saying stuff like that to the manager. I'm thinking, this guy's running the show here. Like, I, I didn't really, I didn't really understand the logistics of it. It, it, went, it was like nothing I've seen before. And um, yeah, that put me on edge a bit. And as you said, as you said. Uh, it took me a little while to settle in. 
Where did you move up? Did you move up to the Cotswolds where Wardy and no, who was it you were living in the hotel? Yeah, no, Wardy. Me, it was me, Wardy, and was it that season that David Ball was there? Was it season after? Yeah, uh, Bawley, that's right. Uh, Bawley, yeah. So it was, it was the three of us, and I mean, it was good in that, but it was, it was weird, really, when you think about it. We're all sitting in a in a kitchenette, I think it's called, and just a bedroom with a kitchen, and just train, get some food, and then go home. It was it was a, it was a strange way to live, but uh, it's good experience, really good experience for me. And um, as I said, I, I, I'm sort of. I was probably out of my depth there as well at the time and, and taught me a few good lessons. So why did you come back then? Have you said it was hard and you didn't really enjoy it that much? Why did you sign permanently? You, uh, I, and then I got called back. I, when I was the worst player, you says. <laughs> <laughs> no. When um, I got called back, uh, Portsmouth, had no, Portsmouth had no players. They had some injuries or something. So I got called back. And Wardy, do you remember Wardy was flying that season? Yeah, flying. I remember, I remember signing, and I was on the bench a few games, and uh, I only actually I only got in the team because Wardy got injured, mm. and um, I was thinking, why is the manager signing me here? That like, this guy's on fire. He was, he was a joke, and um, so the, the I got Wardy got injured, got in the team, and then as I say, I played four games, and then Portsmouth called me back because uh, they had no players. I was on a bench at. Spurs at White Hart Lane and uh, someone went the manager said Matty go get warm I'm buzzing thinking I'm going on here and then Herman Arison went down snapped his Achilles and he had to come off and I never went on so I never played and then it went on and then I actually made my debut later on in the, in the season but uh, the reason I come back to Swindon was I don't know you know when you you know when you feel like you, you didn't succeed I didn't succeed and I don't like I don't like leaving things unfinished really Um and that was that was probably the biggest reason. I I, I knew my, my opportunities at Portsmouth were going to be limited um, in the championship. As I said earlier, Cottrell wanted to get experience in the team, and it was his team. I respected that, and uh, Swindon wanted to take me. And I, I thought, you know what, I I didn't I didn't make an impact like I wanted to there last time. So I want to go back and prove prove to people like you who thought I was shy that I was actually half a player. <laughs> and then we signed you and then we get relegated that year ah oh, sorry honestly man that I remember totally, well, to be fair mate if Charlie Austin never left he would have stayed up but yeah yeah but I remember speaking to my agent and, and I think I signed I signed like a loan and then I signed permanently in January and I remember saying to my agent like really are you, are you do you think I should go permanent we're struggling I think we're like 14th Danny Wilson's putting up things on the on the board saying we've got blocks of games and how many we're winning I'm thinking We'll probably come about mid table here. <laughs> I thought we'd win the league. He thought we'd be giving me. I can see, man. About six weeks later, we're relegated. And uh, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was thinking I've gone from on the fringes of a championship team that I just left because I wanted to play football to burn my bridges there a little bit with the manager. And, and now I'm, I'm, I'm in League Two and I've got to claw myself back out of it, really. Um, but it was probably, I've got to be honest, I. It was probably the best thing that ever happened because the Canio coming in was uh, was a game changer for me. Changed my mentality. Wait, but wait, wait, before we get to him, we'll, we'll get to him. There's going to be a big, big, big build up for him. Don't worry. But <laughs> just on that relegation season, uh, talk us through the day we got relegated to Sheffield Wednesday with your big mate Paul Hart. He hated me by the way. All I, do you know? All I remember, all I remember is um, 
is Scotty Cuthbert getting battered. I can't remember what he got battered for. Something about heading it, I think, maybe. Head the fucking ball hard, he used to say, didn't he? <laughs> Head the fucking ball. And uh, I remember Scotty just sitting there. And then Hartley had his... <laughs> Hartley had his... I think he had his shirt on. Did he have his shirt on? He had his shirt. Yeah, he had his shirt on. And his, his one foot up on the, on the bench, bollock naked, just walking around in disbelief at Scotty Cuthbert. Right. He was he was he was absolutely raging, but he was bowling me. <laughs> he, he was funny, and when he lost it, though, when 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 Paul lost it, far he could go, couldn't he? Oh, he used to say, uh, you know, he used to say at the set of halves, if you can't head it, just fucking elbow them in the back of the head. <laughs> I'd be saying that every well, Harry, if he does that, you'll get a red card. Oh, he's there. Uh, all right, well. Paul was good for me. I got to be honest. He was, he was my youth team coach, and and his principles and that were, were bang on. Oh, but, I mean, um, he's been a good manager. Right? His forest team, his forest team is brilliant. But you were yeah. too shy, weren't you? Uh, could you tell <laughs> Charlie Austin would go to the top? Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I, I was. Um, I don't know. I couldn't believe how big he was. Like when when I first come, that I was only there with him a little while, really, because it was the end of that first season and then the start of the second season, but. I couldn't believe how big he was. Like his quads were massive and mm. he was so powerful but raw. And I just remember him wearing baggy Copper Mondials and, <laughs> and just smashed. He was. And he was just like charging through people and smashing the ball. Just smashed everything. And um, everything went in. Everything he hit went in. And uh, yeah, I've got to be honest. He, he, he's one of them players that you look at in training and that you think, how's he score every week? But he just kept doing it and kept doing it and the, the longer he's gone on, I mean, he's still scoring goals now. It's like he just continues to do it, then he? he? He's got that. He's got. He's, he's got that touch in the box, and yeah, what a player! Well, I see how you were like. The, you are the ultimate pro. Like, probably the best pro I've played with. Like attitudes, amazing. But then it used to annoy you how much we were drinking that. Uh... Oh, so I, I, I um, <laughs> I probably got worse. You know, you see what I was like with you, with you lot. Like I was the young one, so I couldn't say anything, or I could have, I could think what I, what I seen, but. So honestly, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Like when I first signed him, that that first year, that's what I couldn't get my head around as well. Like Dougie was in training. Dougie would like they'd be bang on you, bang on you, and then all all the conversation was about after was drink. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute, I've misplaced the pass, and I've eaten potatoes. Like you name the, I've eaten by the book. I've done everything I possibly can. Misplaced the pass, and you're on my back. You're sinking 10 pints of Guinness on a Saturday night and moaning at me. Like, you know, like that? I was thinking, wow. But it, again, it was a learning curve and probably something that throughout my career I've like, you have to swallow it. And not everyone's the same. And I've now realised that you can't change people. The way they want to live is the way they want to live. And um, I mean, you lads enjoyed yourself. And, and, and it was obviously good to sit in the dressing room and listen to the stories and things like that. But. Yeah, no, it was never for me, really. I can't be honest. No, but to be fair, man, I look back now, mate. I wish I'd done it the way you done it. Yeah, like because yeah, but you say that, but you're you are the personality you are, and you 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 everyone's their, everyone's their own man. And and I was I was lucky in a way that um, I'm quite a strong character, and I just stuck to my guns, and I knew well. We used to, to ken you, mate. We used to ken you for being busy and boring and that, didn't we? Oh, side, yeah, but that was a, that was like the start. I got when I was at Portsmouth, it was like that was that was the mentality to get to the. To get to the first thing, that's what you had to be like, and um, and then yeah, when I when I come to Swindon, it was like 
everything I do is busy here. Like I go and have a stretch, it's double busy. I, I play I play head tennis with JP, it was busy. I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> right, so any young kids watching, be busy, mate. It's the best thing yeah. you can do. Hundred percent. Be busy, man. Goes a long way. Right, mate. I want to know where you were because I remember when I was in it probably coincides with the story. I was hung over in my bed when Callum Kennedy phoned me and said, Oh geez, the canyon's got the job and I was like, What? And I yeah. just thought, yes, I'll be five sides every day. It'll be <laughs> Cannot wait, man. Where were you when you first heard he'd got the job? Do you know what? I can't I haven't got a clue where I was, but um what the, what a guy side. I know I know a lot of the lads didn't like him or I don't actually think they didn't like him. I think some of the lads just didn't know what to do, like didn't know how to didn't know how to please him or something. I don't know, but for me, like he was just I love him now. Like anyone asked me like uh, when I went with Scotland now, and Fletch is saying the canny Alan Hatton like and I'm like Fletch this guy is just to me like he was unbelievable Oi, how soon did you know he was unbelievable you fucking um, hated me man at the start do you remember that yeah I, mem- I remember the, I remember the start I remember the pre-season was, I remember the first time he actually met me I am um, we was all standing you know, you know outside the training training ground there that little like shelter thing yeah, we was all we was all standing around there waiting for whoever to come and introduce the manager or whatever. And he's rocked up and he he he, he walks like over to the group, address the group, and then says, "Lads, this is what it's going to be on your go." And then he says, "Richie," and I turn around, he like, stopped me. He says, "Richie, the, the the chairman tells me you are one of my best players. You look like a fat little piggy." This is what he said to me. That's what he said, side. I swear. He said, you look like a fat little piggy. And I swear, from that day onwards, I was thinking, I'm a fat little piggy. And I don't know if you remember, but I was at the front of all the runs in that pre-season. Me and Rissa, we were bossing it. And that was why, all I had in my head, all I had in my head was this guy calling me a fat little piggy. And I'm thinking, this is my, this is, I'm in league two now. This is my chance. This is my chance to get out of the league. And, I was like, fuck, I need to not be a fat little piggy, man. So, um, how, scared, how scared are you? I was so scared of me. I don't know. I, was, I, I just, I don't know, from, from the work I just, I just took to him. Like, he was, he, he was ruthless, but I don't know. I thought that his, all, his, like, all his methods and that was, what he was, his principles were good. Like, he, I thought oh, yeah, he, I love him now as well. At the start, I hated him, but I love him. How you yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. Football, he? Like, so much enthusiasm, man. Just loved football, didn't he? Just it, it, yeah. He just loved football. He loved like he loved pushing everyone himself. I think his biggest, for me, in reflection, his biggest probably down thing. He didn't know. He didn't. He couldn't have, um, understand that not everyone had his mentality, and that probably killed him. And especially going higher as well, because then the boys that are on bigger money and that is it's tough to get them to do what we were doing, not having butter and just little things like that that. The lads, even our lads, they was bamboozled, weren't they? Oh, to be fair, though, you were his boy, man. Like, when he was talking, I actually thought your head was going to fall off it. You were nodding that much. <laughs> nah, I actually weren't his boy. Cads was his boy. Oh, he loved Cads, uh, hair. Cads one. gave him the love back, did he? Nah, Cads was, I don't know, that's what I think, that's what I think he loved Cads the most because Cads just used to go like that. Just eat sweets. <laughs> 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 Tell us about uh, 
what he says to you in the first game of the season. Was that when he when he told me to celebrate? Yeah. Oh, Simon. Did he pull you in the office? Did he pull you in the office? No, no, no. He never pulled me in the office. It was um, was walking to. I, I walked in and he was walking down the, the tunnel at the same time. All the way, you have to walk to the bottom, don't you, to the dressing room? Mm. And um, I remember he was talking to me about like what I needed to do and how I needed to do things in that game. And, and he turned around, he grabbed me, he says, "Today, when you score." you come and celebrate with me. And I was like, thinking, you know, when you're walking, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah right oh, And you walk down anyway, so we're getting ready and all that. And you know what you're doing? You, you, you told us, mate, you told us. The worst hey? thing you could have done, you told us, you were like, he just fucking pulled me and said, I need a of a score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, get on this. I'm thinking, I'm never going to, because the lads are battering me. I'm thinking, I'm never going, first game of the season, isn't it? I'm thinking, I'm never going to him, the lads will batter me. So, uh, I just left it, got warmed up and that, and then we come back in, we started going out. And he used to clap you, didn't he, before you go out? Slap your face and that. Uh, yeah. He clapped me, he grabbed me, he says, you make sure, remember, when you score, you come to me. <laughs> I was thinking, fucking hell, there's no way out of this here. <laughs> I didn't want to yeah, score. I'm slow buzzing when you scored as well. That's the score. And I've scored, and it's like one of them, from the get-go, I'm thinking I've got to go to the gap right here. <laughs> I've never lived it down. <laughs> uh, to me, there's actually a picture of in, in the Swindon Stadium. You know that? Yes. Is there? Uh, that exact moment, mate. You were like that, and he's. Oh, you can't. But see, just before the first game of the season, mate, you, you mentioned it. Hardest pre season of all time. Uh, mate, it was like 90 degrees in Italy, and you weren't allowed to drink of water. I was like, what the fuck, man? It's roasting. I've never I've, that pre-season that was today definitely the hardest one I've done ever I remember running around the pitch we'd done a pitch run and we done, do you remember we used to go out in the afternoons and do like there was that bank at that place we used to get a, a pizza bit of crustada we weren't allowed butter or nothing but we got crustada and then and it was about one piece of crustada a double espresso because if you didn't have one of them you'd never get them through the session and you had to run up the hill about 30 times honestly you run up the hill you like doing Feel like you're gonna shit yourself. You was running that hard. <laughs> it was a joke. They, they, see, they run so. You know, I used to hate about them. He'd never tell you how many runs you were doing, mate. So no. like, it could have been five, or it could have been fucking forty. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. what is going on? And then your reward for that, usually, like, more... manager, you get a beer or something. What was the reward? <laughs> no, no, we got a nice pot of watermelon, man. And you'd enjoy it. You'd enjoy it for about. Lads would just sit on the grass with watermelon dripping all over them. Because it was, it, you didn't have anything. Did I remember the first night we got to that hotel. The beds were like camp beds, and there was we got a dinner. It was like cold pasta and cold cold carrots and that. It was disgusting, and it was like we had a week of that. It was, it was horrific, wasn't it? See that no butter, no ice in that man. I was not here. I, I struggled at first with no butter, no ice. It yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was more. I don't know if it was the way that they did it as well. Like Claudio was like Claudio, the fitness coach, just walk around the back of the table like he was about five again, wasn't he? Yeah. And like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Though. He actually would pack things off your plate with his hands, wouldn't he? Yes, he got it. Come over the top of your shoulder and go. Not today, Richie. <laughs> like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, well, you had a bit of a shocker at the start, wasn't it? To be fair, you've only kind of turned the season around when you changed, put a midfielder in. 
Yeah, I can't remember what. Um, I think did I play on the left at the start? Uh-huh, you were you were having one, aren't like, you? were all having one. You you lost the four, first five games of the season or so. I'm sitting watching people trying to tackle each other. I can't remember, man. I can't remember. I, I remember. Remember, it was top. gagging on me, gagging on my way. You got hooked. I think that was the fourth uh, defeat in a row. How do you always remember my bad games? <laughs> right, did you know going to see him after? Because you hated getting taken off. It used to be raging, but oh, I still hate him now, man. You went and seen him, didn't you? Yeah, I think I did. I think I think he's just. Um, I went in. I, I remember. I remember getting hooked, and I remember. I remember being fuming, and I think I went to his office, and he he told me to fuck off. He said, "Richie, fuck off." Like this, and I, like I'm walking in his office, following him. Says, "Can I get a minute?" Shitting myself, obviously, like you do when you 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 trap on the manager's door, don't you? you you're a bit like that. Oh. And he says, uh, "Richie, Richie, fuck off." And he didn't even look at me. And um, I think probably situations like that, I think, make your relationship stronger though sometimes because if you have that um, that thing, you have to. You, if you're gonna continue, you have to make up or whatever. So that's probably from situations like that that we we became. Uh, that we had a good relationship so probably uh, in the end it worked out in a, in a, in a positive way Alright what about the what about the video meeting stuff? Oh they were the best man I remember them to this hey, day you watched the video for what an hour and a half on a Friday before the game? It was like um, I don't know it was, it was I don't know it was just it was mad like I remember going in one and Flinty Flinty was probably our yeah, but Flinty was probably one of our best players that year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was good at it. Like, I think he scored, he probably scored 10 goals from centre-half. He was rock. He was a rock. He came from Alfreton or somewhere. And he was unbelievable, really, in, in what he'd done. And um, the manager used to batter him every game, didn't he? Like, in the dressing room, he'd finish, he'd finish him in the dressing room in front of everyone. And then we'd go to, we'd have analysis the next day. And I remember him walking up and down, the TV on the thing, and he's quacking the TV. This man is a donkey. Donkey, donkey, donkey. And all the lads, you can imagine, all the lads are like, trying not to laugh, but they have to laugh. It's like, and Flinty's sitting there. Flinty, Flinty doesn't say a word, by the way. He's six foot seven or whatever. Never said a word. Just sits there, taking it. And the manager's just donkeyed him off three times. It was <laughs> donkey. He used to say <laughs> Aidan Flint think he's this big man. He's a little bunny rabbit. <laughs> Honestly, he was just Flinty. I don't know. I don't know how Flinty done it because that was on like a Saturday, and then we play on the Tuesday, and he'd get man the match again. Like he was brilliant, but unbelievable. Can you ever remember anyone having to go back on? No, never really. I think the first. Never really. I remember. What? What was the um? I remember one lad maybe saying something and I don't think I can't remember his name so I don't think he ever played again. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you a story I remember. Do you remember we went up to Hartlepool? It was the first game of the season. Tommy Muller missed a penalty. We drew one each. So we were all thinking come up to Hartlepool create your journey. Got a point back up the road quite happy. Mate came in after the game and he has fucking cracked. And his last words were Lads, I promise you, eight hours back on this bus, I used to do that, eight hours back on this bus, if I get anyone laugh up the back, I come up and I fuck you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing about it was that you giggled the whole way home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
Yeah, fucking not, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, some of the some of the things in it. Mate, how edgy did he? How edgy was he before the game? So? No, he was. He, he used to sort his tie for about hours, didn't he? But I, I loved him, so I loved everything about him. I loved his. Like he was, he was, he just loved football, didn't he? Just desperate to win and succeed, and like even the, even the way he was with his staff, like he wouldn't he wouldn't even let them spend time with his family. He was on his own in I think he was in a, he was he was in Hungerford or somewhere, and yeah. they'd all be around his house every night just because he wanted to watch football and and, and with the lads and that. And, uh, yeah, he was just for me. I loved him. Loved him. You know, I loved me. See when he used to get like English pronunciations wrong. Remember, he used to call MK Dons McDonald's like they were a McDonald's happy <laughs> Who are you playing McDonald's? Mate, I used to do a bit of opposition. This guy, shit, small, little bull. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 188, big fella. <laughs> he was good. He was good, though. Would I say, he, I don't know, he's... Mate, he made you feel like I've said that before. Because for me, mate, you're never a left winger, are you? I don't know what no. you think. No, but no, I mate, agree. As soon as he put you over to that right wing, mate, like you fucking took off. Like for 18 months, mate, you were sensational, innit? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I um, I, that's what I said to you. Uh, everything he done for me was was bang on, really. Um, in terms of, he taught me. I think the the the, the thing with the food and everything like that was a bit extreme but it made me realize that well maybe i do have to look at diet and things like that uh to get to get to the to the next level and made me realize and 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 look at that so that was good but yeah i think positionally obviously playing that you could he could see football and see the see what was happening on the pitch from he was a top well, obviously a top class player so yeah for me when he put me on the right and with cads and yourself i think we just i don't know it was like we just clicked and like I think you said on the one of your other ones that we just kept the ball between the three of us and honestly to this day it was I remember I remember having the ball and like thinking we're taking the piss out of these these yeah. lads here like we we used to do like Cads would over, you'd give it to me Cads would overlap me you'd make a run like it was just pure when I see the yeah man. yeah the patterns that we had it was just it was so enjoyable and you don't you, like the higher you go obviously you don't really get that because I don't know the game's not like that you're not playing for like a City or a, it's probably like playing for City or United or Arsenal or something but you, the higher you go obviously you don't get that and yeah that was to, to this day it was definitely some of the most enjoyable football I've played for sure Simon you play well but you only pass to fucking Cadiz and Richie <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a bit of shite that's why <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good though wasn't it um, it Great was so good. Uh, that's the thing, coaching-wise, mate. He was tremendous, wasn't he? Brilliant, brilliant. I, I remember my, my, my crossing ability actually got so much. That season, I remember thinking, uh, I'm practising crossing every day. We used to do crossing and finish at the end of every session, didn't we? Yeah. It's just the, the midfielders would, would uh, play to each other, zing it out wide, you'd have an overlap or something simple and, and cross it. And um, we used to do that every day. I remember the polls where you used to, yeah, you'd all shuffle, things like that. So just small things, such what I have learned over over my career so far is that all the simple drills and the, the top coaches do all the drills and they're so simple and normally it's the simple things that just get the lads are boom 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 and yeah, it's good. 
Really Ask good. your kids getting coached now, mate, and I'm confused with the draw. <laughs> what, must, what must the kids be thinking? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's true, man. It's true. But see, like, club coach like the canal, mate, he never ever asked you, like, he never ever went on the pitch training or games and thinking, I'm not really sure what he wants for me here. No. Like, there was never. Naked to, and like you say, it was so simple. Like, you do this, you do that. We'll work all week and we'll do it on yeah. a Saturday. He's the yeah. coach I've had, mate, that would see that you'd work on it all week. You would see it happening on a Saturday. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. He was very good at that. I mean, I've, I was lucky enough. Obviously, I went on and then had Eddie and, and Rafa, and they were very, very similar. The same that that Eddie was more like see passing drills with Eddie. Sometimes Eddie would say, "Matty, you've got to stand on the side and watch this to see the lads do it," because otherwise, I couldn't get it like a passing drill. But the actual principle of what we're doing it for was for the game of the weekend and where we we're going to exploit spaces and things. And again, it was so simple. Once you once you've seen it and understood it, it was so simple. And I mean, the principles all stay the same every week, whoever you play. I think it's because you're probably in, especially at Bournemouth and Swindon, in good teams where you're the better teams in the league and other teams adapt to you rather than the other way around. And uh, the, for sure, uh, the, the principles of how you play, that team plays, it's never changed. And it was yeah. so easy. I mean, like we just used to, I don't know, we used to play total soccer, didn't we? Get the yeah. ball wide, crosses, and somehow Connell got on the end of a few. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that was him. You went on the top manager. See after the Carnival, mate. Never had anyone that made us feel that way. Do you know what I mean? And it just yeah, nosedive, man. Anyway, uh, I want to ask you. Do you remember the Wes incident? Yeah, the Wes one was bad. You know what? You, you, I've seen the one with Runes. You done the Wes one was bad. Runes got dragged at half time, and when. Runes got dragged a hard time and went and I'm sitting on the bench thinking where the fuck's Runes by the way where's he gone obviously and Runes is nowhere to be seen thinking where's Runes I've looked up and they're all singing Rooney in the away end and Runes is in with his old man in Preston's away end and they all got Rooney I'm thinking what so we, the keeper's on the train home or meant to be and Runes is up in, with our fans I couldn't believe it so I was like what is going on here and then we got feathers in goal, and it was like, oh, honestly, uh, it was a shambles, wasn't it? Oh, Runes was a character, mate, wasn't he? Oh, what a guy, man. All I, me- I remember him scoring a banger on his like, maybe in his debut or a few games in, he scored, he cut inside and smashed one off the back, back stanch. And yeah. um, I thought, what a player, man. But yeah, no, he's the same. He got dragged into the beer school, didn't he? <laughs> well, you don't want to blame me for his career, don't you? Yeah, I've blamed, I've, I've blamed you for his career. <laughs> uh, right mate um, that year mate we won the league with the Canio um, canter at the end wasn't it but um, fond memories promotion did you remember how we celebrated the next day no I can't all I, I, all I remember from that promotion is the um, remember we had that do on the pitch that's it mate top loader in the lightning seeds were there that's right yeah top loader and, and the, the gaffer was up on the stage seeing top loader that with naughty sunglasses on that but boy, yeah no it's um it was, I've got to be honest, I, I don't know about you. I remember you running around in your pants, actually. Yeah, when we were the league ahead. Mate, wait, wait till you hear this. See, when I got down in my pants, mate, I don't think anyone knows this, right? Card is like, to me, mate, get down in your pants, it'll be funny. So, of course, there. And then, mate, he's chased me for like 20 yards, the canyon. Chased me, right? Shouting, Simon, do not <laughs> get the fucking penis out. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Yeah, was that was that when we could have got and you went out? Yeah, uh, older shot, remember? Oh, for fuck's sake, man! I got <laughs> he weren't wrong though, was he? Nah, what was it? I've done here. It's stupid, man. What was there? Four of you went out or something? I think, mate, what, that's the worst thing. There was seven of us and only four of us owned up. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And it, all the lads were starting. He all, didn't he? Yes, he went, but he picked up the ship and launched it, didn't he? Yeah, so he did. What, what did he say? He, he said, um, uh, Fabrizio, let them dance. <laughs> Is that what he said, wasn't it? Uh, Fabrizio, let them dance. Yeah, let them dance as he threw Wait. the thing. This is another thing I wanted to ask you to remember. Do you remember when you, because um, we quite quite a few lads were saying like training's decent, but it's a bit boring. Like, can can we change it up a bit, mate? And he came in on a Monday and cracked. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. He said, "Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?" Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, he says this week you take the session you do the session I can't remember what, I can't actually remember what we did I think we just done boxes and games mate for the full week fuck it Macca probably took it didn't he the pint Macca did take it <laughs> the guy stood on the side watching us mate raging never said the word <laughs> and then it came to Saturday mate but the worst thing that could have happened for him was what, I think they beat somebody like three <laughs> Remember, then he's came in after the game and absolutely cracked. Worst performance of the season. I'm thinking, just won 3 0. Go back to normal Monday. Yeah, he'd have been fuming that we won, by the way. Right, last game I want to ask you about for that season is for me, the funniest game, mate. Like, that's the hang one. You'd be so scared of me, but you would say things and you were desperate to laugh, man. Torquay away, half time. How funny was that? That uh, Torquay was, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. I remember playing in the game thinking, these are a good team. Was it, the, 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 were we 2-0 down at half-time? 
Yeah, getting battered, mate. Ewan O'Kane was brilliant that day. Yeah, Ewan O'Kane was a joke. Oh, I met that. I, well, who was I, marking I him? Who was marking him? I think it was uh, that kid that was at Portsmouth. You know, that one that had one at Pompey. Yeah, that was very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I moved, didn't I? I got O'Kane, okay I moved. Fucking hell. But um, yeah, he, he came in and uh, I remember him saying, uh, I remember taking a corner and I think they got a counter attack off one of my corners. And um, I remember him coming in and going, <laughs> Mental. He was in a little. It was in like a little port cabin, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, I remember him coming in, and the port cabin was shaking as he was going mad at that. And he says, "Richie, when we have a corner, kick the fucking thing for a goal kick." And I'm thinking, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, like I've put probably four corners in, and one of them's been bad. Like it was a breather. And um, like, yeah, yeah, kick it for a goal <laughs> kick, and then. <laughs> and then he told you, he told you to get a sign and kick it for a throw-in. We need to finish this game 2-0, no more. And I was thinking, this guy's crazy. But, but see, that about him, though, he didn't actually know if he was actually wanted you to do that, yeah? I genuinely, when, you, when he says that to you, the way he said it to me, I was genuinely thinking, he's having a lot, I can't kick it out for a cold kick. <laughs> I, was, I think the next one, I just played it short, thinking someone else can chuck it in the box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Right, mate, we'll come to you leaving. Um, we were flying. Absolutely flying, man, weren't we? And you fucked it. I mean, did you not think about any other boys now? No, did I fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, what, um, what agent Bournemouth come in for you? No, um, the summer. Before, didn't they? Sorry? They tried to get you before, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it was the, um, the summer before they tried. I think they, they bid for me the summer before. And I always fancied Bournemouth. It was like, it's just up the road from me. I had a few friends that played there. Uh, I worked with Eddie when I went there. I went on a loan when I was younger. Um, on like a training loan thing, trial. And um, I always fancied it. And when, when, they, when they were sniffing, I was thinking, for I looked like they, they were just getting some money. And, and, and the, the owner, I knew the owner's uh, son and that. So I had some connections. And they, as you say, they came in for me. And I basically... I basically had no choice in the end to leave because uh, I think it was Andrew Black that was selling the club and um, Jeremy, I think it was Jeremy Ray was the chairman. He said, he said to my agent, look, we, we, we're struggling to do this deal. Um, so we've accepted an offer for Matty and um, he can either go and if he doesn't go, the club's going to be in serious trouble and may go into administration. So for me, it was a no-brainer really and made my decision for me. Um, so I remember driving home and that conversation I had with my agent on my way home from training one day is just as normal and uh, instead of going off to Portsmouth I went right to right to Bournemouth and a couple of hours later I'm sitting there doing my personal terms and that and um, I've done all my personal terms signed the contract and I'm going in for my medical and the phone's ringing it's the Canio and I'm thinking Fucking hell, like, he's been so good for me. Like, he's, I, I worshipped him. And I thought, I've got to take this call like, out of respect. I tried to ring him a few times on the way down saying, look, Gaffer, this is the situation. And he's yeah. saying, no, nah. he's saying to me, Matty, I can, I can sort this. I'm, the, I'm, I'm in control. I have all the transfer. And I think that's what he did. That's in the end what he left, obviously. <clears throat> um, he, he said to me, he said, I'm in control. I'll make sure I saw it. Don't worry. They're, they're telling you lies. And I was thinking, what am I believing here? I didn't know what to yeah. do. So um, anyway, it, it, as I say, a couple sorted all the stuff. A couple of hours later, I'm going in for my medical. It's done. Because I'm thinking, there's a, 
I can only lose if I stay at Swindon. Like they're going to go in administration. So um, I'm just going in from medical. Eddie Howe and Jace Tindall's waiting for me with the physio and that. And his 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 names popped up on the phone. I'm like, I I just I just need to take this with with my agent. So, did you see Eddie Harris? Did you see Eddie Harris? The cannon? No, like I'm sitting in the car and I'm saying to my agent, like, "Look, Jay, we're going to have to take this before we go in." And they're waiting at the thing for us. They're waiting. It's like six. I think it was like six o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've answered the phone. And I said, "Gaffer," I said, "Richie, Richie, no." He was going, "Richie, no, no." And I was like, "Gaffer," I, I was going. I've told him like. All afternoon, I was saying, look, this is, the chairman's told me this is the crack. And I bring, I spoke to the chairman and everything, because I wanted to be sure. And I spoke to the chairman and that, and as I say, he was, I mean, the gaffer, I, I had so much respect for him, and it was a tough one, because um, I felt like I'd gone behind his back in a way, but I hadn't, like, I'd rang him, I told him. Yeah. Like, obviously, there was miscommunication at Swindon's end with, with the gaffer and the chairman, and the gaffer was obviously not, not he wasn't, kept in the loop of what the situation was with the football club and financially and stuff. So it was, it, for me, it was a no-brainer. And, and, and obviously the rest is history. And I was so, so buzzing really to, to, to sign for Bournemouth and, and work with Eddie, who was a, such a big influence on my career. Did, uh, did the gaffer say he was going to drive down? He said, did he say, no, Richie, wait, I'm gonna, I'll drive down? No, he, he was just, so all I remember him was going, Richie, was screaming down the phone, Richie. I was thinking like I don't know what to do. In the end, I actually had. I think in the end, I had to. I had to say, look, after I've got to go. I'm doing my medical now. And he was going. He was going bananas, telling me all this stuff on the phone. But I think I passed him on to my agent and said, look, Jay, you're going to have to tell him the reasons and that. And in the end, and then went on a few weeks. I didn't actually speak to him for a, for a few days once I signed. And I had to. I come back to. I think a weekend of games went away. But I came back to Swindon to say, see you later to the lads and grab some bits and pieces and. Um, yeah, I remember seeing speaking to him and saying, "Look, obviously, I didn't want to weren't the situation I wanted to be in," and, and he was really good with me, and, and we left on real good terms. So yeah, I was pleased about that. Amazing. Did uh, Did Eddie have ever ask you questions about him? Um, do you know what? Not really. No, I think maybe the first in the first season. But the the, the thing the thing with Eddie side, he was so focused. He, I, he didn't really care about it and never really has. He's never cared about outside noise or it's one of his yeah. biggest qualities for me. He's never cared about anything, what anyone thinks or um, anything like that. He's, he's just, he, he's got his beliefs. Uh, he's got his methods. He studies everything. He, he, he's always doing research um, about psychology, everything. You name it. He's like, he wants to know about it. He's always learning and he passed that on to the whole group of players and that's why we I think if you look at that team that we went up with with Bournemouth, that group, all the players have gone on to have good careers because that we didn't just get coached. We got we got taught to be proper people, to be well mannered, to be uh, to educate ourselves about diet, everything like that, everything off the pitch. He's sort of guided us as well. It was just unbelievable. Man, do you remember that he went away from Bournemouth didn't he, and he came back? We we beat them at four 0 at Swindon. The game before Eddie Howe took over, they were bottom of yeah. the league. Remember yeah, I remember. I scored one of my. Fa- I scored two that game. I scored one of my favourite goals. What one was um, it? Sorry. What, what goal was it? I can't remember. Um, I, I nicked it off. Uh, I played with the fellow, obviously Wes Fogden. His name was centre midfielder. Foggy, decent to be fair. 
<laughs> he, he, uh, I nicked it off him, just took a touch on my feet, smashed it and um, went in the top corner. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of my favourite goals. So I remember that game. But um, yeah, the, he was, Eddie, I mean, Eddie for Bournemouth just been, everyone knows the story and that now, but it was... Yeah, uh, so was it a time where you maybe weren't reaching the standards that you expected of you and he had to tell you? Um, no, not really. So I got... I, no, I was so fit. I was so fit that that year. I remember obviously the Canio got us in great shape, and I was so fit. And that's what Eddie sort of first principle is: make sure you're fit enough to do to play the way we want to play and press. And um, I went in, and I, I actually I didn't play at first. I, I went in. I played left back, and um, I, I I remember play, I, I made my debut at MK Dons at left. I came on left back. I put in a few really nice crosses. And that was it. I didn't even... I was thinking I've signed here to be like... I was. I think I was one of the top goal scorers in the league at the time. And I'd signed. And then all of a sudden, I was playing left back. And I was thinking, fucking hell, I'm playing left back here. Like, was this a good move or not? And, um, four, five, six games in, I'm still left back, but really enjoying it. And, and, and he kept saying to me, look, mate, you're doing really well left back. Just keep going. I know you're out of position and um, I'll get you in your position soon enough. And, and uh, he did. And... Uh, we got promoted that year. We won, I think we won it. Did we win it that year? No, we didn't win it. We um, was it League One we won or League? Yeah, yeah but there was one. We yeah, it was it, no, we went up second. We didn't win League One. Okay, we got we got beat at Port Vale on the last day. I think it was. Um, we got beat at Port Vale away on the last day. We never won, so we we come runners up, but we got promoted. So yeah, no, it's um that season. So I was. It was a it was a weird one because obviously any move in January is a strange one, and especially when you're. It's not like you've gone from a mid-table team to the to the top two teams. I went from I think Swindon were first and Bournemouth were second. Yeah. So it was um it was a strange feeling, but yeah, and obviously it was uh, it was brilliant for for myself individually and and for Bournemouth. Could would uh, Eddie get on, boys? Like, could you crack after a game in that match? He seemed quite nice for for the outside, but is there a ruthlessness to him? Yeah, he's got that. That he's got that thing with the, the same as what all I think all top managers have. <clears throat> he um, he he makes players want to please him, and and you want his you want his recognition. You want him to tap you on the back and say well done. And it, however however long you I worked with him for four or five years, and still on the on the last in the last day you're working for him, you exactly the same. You want him to you always want him to please him, and you never know you never really know what he's thinking. Um, and it was, um, yeah, he was, but when he, I mean, sometimes, yeah, he could crack, but he never really, he never cracked without thinking. He always, he always had a method and, and a reason and he was good. He was really good. Was it, uh, would Eddie, would he set goals? So, like, see, when you went in League One, would he say to you, my aim is to get Bournemouth to the Premier League, like, that's where I want to be? Um, Probably not, no, but I think when I signed, I remember when I signed, he said, look, we're, we're, I think they were, on a, they were on a great run. They were on, like, maybe 12 or something unbeaten uh, since he come in. And uh, I remember when I signed, he said, him and JT, the, the assistant said, look, we, we, we're really pushing this year. If we don't get promoted this year, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be right in the mix next year. The chairman's obviously backing us and, and it looks good. So he, he, he always, he always knew that he wanted success, but I don't, I don't think, 
anyone could could have predicted how quickly we had success. Like it was promotion one year in a championship to find our feet, and then the next year we got promoted again, and then sustained in the Premier League. It was to to get to get that much success in such a short space of time was unbelievable. Yeah, that championship season, man. I remember watching these on the telly and thinking, playing against most of these guys on my whole time down here, like. How did Eddie make them all better players? Because it was like Harry Arter, we played against him in the FA Cup for like Heston or something. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for no, he played for Woking or something. Something like that, mate. Simon, all these guys were about the lower leagues. Like, what did he change? Did he make them all better footballers, or was it people that you said? No, it, it was um, everything. Side so did everything. He worked on everything. The, the amount of meet, team meetings, the amount of people he brought in, especially when we got promoted to the championship, the club changed. We like. The, the food got better, the psychologists, things like that, like little things, little changes that made such a big impact. And um, the, the biggest thing though was was Eddie's desire really to, to succeed and that just went through the whole team and we were all at an age where probably a lot of us had had knockbacks from bigger clubs. Charlie Daniels was at Tottenham as a kid and Paige was at Charlton and um, obviously we signed Wilkes from Coventry. It was like everyone was so hungry to succeed and we had a group with all the same mentality, with all the same goals, and including the manager, the club, the, everyone. It was like everyone was pulling in the same direction. And, um, it really was unique and unbelievable to be in because, I don't know, Eddie's thing was just, every like we, we got promoted, raise the bar, keep, keep doing what we're good at, never go away from our principle. You'd have loved this side. We played total soccer. Like, and we, I remember on the season we got promoted, not in the first year, we used to get pumped four, five, six, one sometimes. I think we got beat six one game. Five, one, four, one. And we batter teams, but we get pumped four, one. So that made no sense. Mm. But we, 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 just, we just took too many risks, really, the first year. We just played total football and never went away from what Ed, what, what, our, what Ed said was our principles. He always just said to us, lads, do not panic. Whatever you do, keep playing. Like we do set pieces side. I'd have to make like three passes before I'm putting the ball in the box. And I'm thinking, fucking, I've got to make three passes before I cross it here. But we do a set piece, we do like a little thing, and we score. It's like, and he keeps telling you, even if it doesn't work, Matty, have bollocks, have bollocks, keep doing it, keep doing it. And it was just, just always believed in what he was doing and what he was telling us. And then all of a sudden, everyone was the same. Everyone did the same thing, believed in it. And, and we just got success. So it was, it was unbelievable. Obviously, we were a wild changing room at Swindon. Is it a complete opposite of Bournemouth to have, or did you still get any mad characters? The what? Sorry. Like our, our dressing room at Swindon was like mental. Was it the total opposite of Bournemouth, or did you still get one or two mad characters, or would Eddie have no have any of that in the dressing yeah, room? Yeah, no, no, none of it. Not, not, not. But see if Eddie had walked into the Swindon dressing room, Bournemouth would have changed. That year in League One, anyway, with the drink, like the drink culture had gone. Um, yeah. We were just ultra. Everything was ultra professional. Like lads were the lads were in the dressing room talking about what protein they're having in the evenings and things like that, rather than what beer they're having. It was mad, honestly. Yeah, you'd have hated it, but it works so that. Yeah, what about when Funny used to put page three on John Bostock's? Nah, Flinty. To this day, I'm not actually too sure who it was, but for about a month, Flinty and Joe Devere, I'm sure the culprits, put DP in my pants, man. I swear, I swear. I put DP in my pants for about a month. <laughs> they did it against you, but you were getting them back, weren't you? You know, they sold yeah, your I, car in that as well. Eh? 
No, I'll tell you what happened, right? I kept getting DP in my pants. So I was thinking, right, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say anything here. So I never said anything. And I was, I was like, just watching the changing room when I, like, I'd walk out and then I'd come back in and check, thinking I'd catch someone in the act. But I never caught anyone. So I thought, fuck, this is Joe DeVere or Flinty. So I kept, I started attacking them and uh, just DP every day, both of their pants, DP. And it went on and on and on. I think one of them put fur cones in my car on that one day. and It was good to be, but we had a good dressing room. It was good. I tell a story about the canio, when you seen the canio driving in, but what was it, a, fer- a pheasant in his motor? Fuck okay, you know. One day he saw it. Like, obviously, this is the manager. You're, you're thinking, of, but the manager, Used to turn up in like big coat, big leather biker jackets and that, didn't he? Clover, his, brilliant. Yeah, his clover was great. And um, he used to have his sunglasses on. One day a car come flying in the, um, in the thing. It's like speed bumps, isn't it? Yeah. In the car park. He's come flying in the car park, jumping over these speed bumps. Thinking, who the fuck's this? Thinking it's a drive-by or something. And um, it's the gaffer. He's got move like Jagger on. <laughs> Full blast. He's jumped, he's pulled out of the... the thing like he's in a he's in a movie and he's jumped out he's like fucking pheasant <laughs> big, big dead pheasant hanging out the front of his bonnet <laughs> and he's like he's like trying to pull these pheasant feathers out of his bonnet mate honestly you can imagine him with his glasses on and that is tight like oh he's funny on he loved that so then it's after every game that we won he'd be like get moves like jagger on yeah he loved it he loved it, man. He was a madman, but... Just back on to Bournemouth. Um, one character... Sorry, the scenes when he's went, uh, got promoted to the Championship, but I remember watching it on the telly. I think he's were basically up through goal difference, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we we got promoted against Bolton, really, but that's that's when it was on a Wednesday night, I think, it, or Monday night or something. But, yeah, no, it was Bolton at home. Unbelievable. What Just, was it? Was the man chairman doing the... The changing room. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Mosson's like, he actually, he's, Jeff Mosson saved the football club when, when it was in his darkest days. He, he put his own money in and um, saved the football club. So, like, if anyone deserved a, a sort of moment to enjoy, it was him. And, and he's a sort of chap, if you knew him, he, he, he's not shy. Like, he's, he's life and soul. And um, he, he's, he come in the dressing room. We, I think me and Tommy Elfitt were doing an interview and he came in and he said, he jumped up, he's like, fuck the lads or something, and jumped up in the air, all the lads were spraying him, and that, oh, it, was, it was really good, uh, it was like, uh, it was a relief really, you know, it's, even when, when we got promoted in League Two, the, when, you're, when you're there, you've got three, four games to go, when you do actually get over the line, it's like a relief, because you're expected to, because you've been up there the, the, the full season, it's, it's uh, some feeling. Mate, I'm sorry again to go back, but I've just got, a, I just came to me there, do you remember when, <laughs> You had to be like Gillingham. We went up at Gillingham, but we never won the league. But see, before the Gillingham game, like you said, you're struggling to get over the line. I think we'd lost like two games in a row. Yeah. And his team talked about Gillingham. Do you remember it? No, I don't remember anything about Gillingham. All I remember at Gillingham, I, um, I'd done my ankle. Do you remember? I, I did my ankle ligaments. And I played at Gillingham was my first game back. My ankle, sorry, I swear, I was, it was falling off. Yeah. I couldn't run. And I remember him saying, Matty, I, I, you're going to have to play at the weekend. I was thinking, Gaffer, I can't run here. Like, I cannot play. And I had an injection in my ankle and Godfrey, the physio, strapped it up and I played. I swear I couldn't run. That's all I remember from Gillingham, thinking my ankle's going to fall off here. 
But you were just there for him, weren't you? Just, I just went out there for, yeah, for, because he was saying, you have to play sort of thing. But yeah, yeah no, what, what? something on the lines of, uh, lads, I know you're tired. I'm also tired. But you need to think of it like this. I still have a penis that's hard and ready to fuck. <laughs> I, do, I do remember. I remember. He was mad, mate. He was mad. <laughs> I thought, oh my god, that is inspirational talk. Right, I need to ask you after Boric, we've had loads of people on here to say, tell stories about his sailing days. I was a young kid when he was there, mate. He was off his nut. Did he totally change at Bournemouth to Eddie Hill or was he still a wee bit mad? No, I mean, I've got to be honest, there was, say that there was uh, that everyone, as I said, was ultra professional, Arthur included. But um, the international break was when. Big Arthur could go missing, like he was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, international break or FA Cup, he never played in the cups ever. Um, we had uh, who was a goalkeeper? With Begovic. Uh, we, sorry, now. No, 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 not not when I was there. It's Federici. All oh, right, okay. Uh, so it was, it was Big Arthur and Feds, and um, in the cup, Feds would play in the cup, and Big Arthur like. From that Saturday, we played have a cup game on the next Saturday. Big Arthur would be gone. Like he had, I don't know, don't know if he had an agreement with the manager or what, but it was like yeah. you'd never seen Art on an FA Cup week build up to training ever. And you then, um, oh, sorry, what a guy, man! What a guy! Like, just don't know, just come in so professional on the training pitch, and obviously, what a goalkeeper! Like, that, that, that's the first thing about him. What a goalkeeper! And. uh Come, come in, train, train for, I mean, to be fair, he only trained for half an hour, 40 minutes, and then he was away. But, um, but he'd go through spells, he'd go through spells of like, he'd go in the gym for six weeks, smash it and, and be on it. And then the next thing, you wouldn't see him in the gym and again for another 12 months. Like, he was, he was, but yeah, FA Cup weekends and um, uh, internationals. Like, the, it, I don't know, I don't know about AWOL, but, I think the manager probably knew where he was, but um, yeah, he had an agreement with the manager that you get a few days at the end of it. Right, I know he's an ultra professional, mate, but surely it was a two-game ender after getting promoted to the Premier League. Um, no, what happened? We went out in Bournemouth. We went out in Bournemouth. Um, we got, I forgot we won about Harry Arter, actually, the, the year we got promoted to seeing League One. That might. Yeah. My, my best night out was probably this when we got promoted from League One with Bournemouth. I just signed there, so I'm thinking oh, I'm under serious. You know what I'm like for a night out. I'm not, it's not really me. Oh and uh, and um, I'm under a bit of pressure, thinking, oh, they're new lads. I need to get to know my teammates. I don't want to think I'm a helmet straight away. <laughs> so <laughs> not one of them. So um, we've gone out. We've gone out into this. I don't know, it's nightclub and Harry Hart is like the main man in the group. Like he's like the ringleader of everything. Mm-hmm. He eggy boffed me on my first day there. Every like he's one of them honestly. Oh for Scottish viewers that don't know what Eggy Boffed means, tell them. Eggy Boff's like um if someone comes in the room, you call Eggy Boff on them, no one can speak to them. So uh I've gone into training the first day, he's called Eggy Boff on me, obviously I know now. No one spoke to me, sorry, for like two hours. It was only like halfway through training. They were like, oh, no, no, we've got to call this off now. <laughs> he said, unbelievable. So it, this is the sort of chap he is anyway. So we got promoted. Um, got promoted and 
we've gone out into this club in, in, in Bournemouth and uh, Miles Addison, do you remember Miles Addison? Yeah, uh, yeah big, big geezer. He's going around with a, a bottle of Jaeger and I'm, I'm not a drinker, I'm, I'm a bit out of my depth really. And he's going around with this Jaeger, he's pouring it in everyone's mouth out of the thing and he's got, it, he's, he's got the thing in H's mouth and I've walked past, like I'm, I'm, I've been in there about 20 minutes, I'm steaming because I never drink. And I've walked past, I've whacked the bottle like this. And um, it smacked H straight on the tooth. <laughs> we're, 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 honestly, it's like 10 o'clock. We're nowhere into the night at all. And uh, it's cracked H's right tooth straight off. <laughs> oh, so, get on this year. I've signed in the January. I'm, I feel horrific. I'm like, H, I'm sorry, mate. He's going bananas. I can't believe he's got his head in his thing. He's just been promoted. He's devastated. He's walked out. I'm following him out with uh, Richard Tubes was there with us. So we walked out. As we're walking out, there's me, H and Juzy all walking out. H is holding this thing, all bleeding and that. And the gaffer, Eddie Howe and JT are walking in. They're like, well, what's going on here, lads? I'm thinking, fucking hell, what a start this is. I've only got, that's why I don't go out. I've only gone out. I've only gone out to feel like one of the lads for once. I smashed his tooth and walked out and the gaffer's there. Oh, honestly. Oh, to be fair, you came last, you had a few brick lanes, young man. A few what? Brick lane. Remember, went to London that weekend. That was brilliant. Yeah, brick lane, yeah. I remember on the Sunday, I was like, lads, I'm gone. This is not for me, this. I remember this, uh, sorry, still today, when I, I went there, there was a shock folk, wasn't there, opposite. You went across, remember, me and you went across. Yeah. And you put clothes on a day out. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, that's, that's what I like to do. <laughs> and, um, I, um, I actually went to brick lane a, a little while ago, shopping. And uh, I remember seeing that. It was the big, it's called the Big Chill, isn't it? I said, mate, the Big Chill, my favourite. Oh, oh, mate, it's fun. All I remember is standing outside. I think Macca was doing something. I was battering Macca outside, you remember? There you are. <laughs> what was I, I was battering him. I see like, what you were saying, mate. Yeah, because he was, um, he, I was saying I was going home and he was battering me. And I just thought, oh, this geezer's having it. And I went for him. But that's all I remember, just outside the Big Chill there. Great days, mate. Just the first year where I born with Matty, how did you find it? Were you always known the kind of guy you are? Were you always confident that you could go and play the Premier League? Yeah, um, yeah, I did, yeah. I've got to be honest, side, but with the system and that and everything we've done at Bournemouth, I, I had so much confidence and and um, I just knew that we I knew that we had enough, really. I've got to be honest, I, I went into the Premier League season thinking if we, again, what the manager, what the manager spread throughout the football club, if we uh, continue to raise the bar and do what we're good at. We'll we'll succeed, and that's what we've done. And um, I remember the first few games was like one of the. It, I think we played Villa on the first day. We got beat two one, maybe a one nil. And uh, the feeling was like, you know what, this this Premier League like it's not actually as as good as what you may think it is. Or certainly that game, and and we continued and we got beat three or three or four in the first games. I think. And then, um, and then we got a result. And once we got a result, we never really looked back. And obviously, it's a, it's a struggle in the Premier League for any team outside the top six, in my opinion. The first first thing is is get safe and get to forty points. But um, we uh, we managed to stay safe. And then obviously, I moved on after that season. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was an unbelievable journey that I had with Bournemouth. Right, mate. So you've basically been up Eddie Howe's ass all night. Why would you leave Bournemouth then? <laughs> I um I don't know. I felt like it was um I felt like it was just time, you know. When I went away in the summer and I didn't, I never wanted to leave. It was it was it was never on the cards, and it was just 
getting ready really for the next season. And then my agent rang me and said Newcastle, Newcastle were interested. And as soon as he said that, I don't know, it felt like such a big club and um, a new challenge. Uh, obviously, I've been on a journey. When you've been at a club for four, four years, I think it was, four and a half years, it's a long time, isn't it? And I don't know, I just felt like maybe maybe it was it was time and and financially it was it was right. It was something that I needed to do really financially and also the, the challenge of a big football club. So that was that was really the reason. And obviously I left there the same as I left Swindon, really had a great time, had a great relationship with so many people at the football club and still do now. And um yeah, it was uh, it's just something that I needed to do for, for my career really. Is Eddie Howe right with that matter, or was it a wee? I remember that summer I was on the phone to him and the, and the chief exec trying to, trying to sort of put my case to them and say, look, this is the reason why and uh, the, the, the reasons I wanted to go. And obviously, uh, finan- financially, it was, it, was, it was much better for me and um, it, was, it was something I really wanted to do and I had my heart set on it. And, uh, you know, I'm like, once I... Once I once I wanted it and I knew it was there, I didn't want to give it up. And luckily enough for me, Eddie and Eddie and Neil Blake, it was in the end um, agreed that if if I didn't want to be there and um, not that I didn't want to be there, as I did, but if I if I wanted to move on, it, it, I felt it was right. Then 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 they they let me go. So they agreed a price and and it, it got done. Well, I want you to be honest because I've asked people listening to probably tell lies like how buzzing are you when you see that contract. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It was um, I I never. Yeah, it was. It's one of them where you, you think this is like it was the longevity of its side. Really, it was. Um, it was at Bournemouth. Bournemouth had actually offered me a new contract. We're in talks with my agent in that that sort of towards the end of that season. It was like another two years or another year or um, and a bit more money. And then Newcastle came in. They offered me a five-year contract, and a five-year contract's like. I don't know. It's it, it's a long time. It's security, and and when you've not, I didn't I didn't spring on the on the on the scene and, and earn big money straight away. I, I had to fight for every penny, as as we all have to do. And yeah, um, I, I I never really I'd never really thought I'll, I'll ever I'll ever earn big money. And um, for me now, this is this is what I would call a good money and, and life changing contract that I managed to go there, do well, and and. I've just signed a new one at the, at the start of this season, so um, yeah, I'm really pleased, and hopefully, I can set set myself and my, and my kids up for for a nice, um, comfortable retirement. Oh, that, that just shows a difference in your mentality. Because I would be thinking I could go and have a beast for the first six months and get a four and a half year pair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Newcastle told me what a club, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you're an off the level man alright <laughs> Newcastle mate what a club man yeah great club it's, uh, how quick did I hit you sorry interrupt me how quick did I hit you how big a club it was uh, from, from the minute I got there it was like oh, this is like I don't know you, uh, you see to go to the see to go to the ground like you, you drive in you drive in the back of the stadium and you drive like basically down onto the pitch just in one of the corners and like the, the security take your keys you walk down you walk in the dressing room but like, I'd never I'd never uh, at Swindon we had to walk through like Dog 30 shit. fans yeah like 30 fans and you have to fight them off and that as you're going in and it's like I've never been used to that and um, 
it was it was just unbelievable. So it was like it was like wow, this is this is what top top football clubs are like. And um, I got to be honest, it was it was um, it was brilliant. The first season, I I just loved it. We was in the championship and we had a great team, unbelievable team, and um, we did really well. It was great. It was brilliant to play. And obviously, the manager Benitez was was a big pull as well in that. And um, he talked, Matt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I spoke to I, did I talk to him before I went? No, I'm saying is he top top class? Oh, oh sorry, this guy like see tactically but for me tactically I, I I gotta be honest, I was never I always just played football. Like, I just I always just played. I didn't really think tactically until probably probably Eddie Howe was the one that because the Canio used to just say, just cross it, Matty, when you get it cross it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eddie obviously he was so tactical and everything about analysis and stuff. And then Rafa was, Rafa was the same in terms of analysis and preparation and detail. But I don't know. He's just so he kept everything so so simple. <clears throat> but yeah, it was so detailed. I don't know how he done it. It was like he was unbelievable, and he knew so much. He knew every situation. You you get in a situation in a game, and you'd say, "Oh, I, I felt exposed there. I did it." And He'd have an answer for you. He'd show you, and he, he, he was unbelievable. Sign the, the he, he had the same as what, as I said, all the top managers, especially like Eddie and Decanio and, and Rafa, the ones that I've worked with. That they um, they make you want them. They they make they make you always want more because I don't know. They they have this thing where they've got a hold on you. It's like you always want to impress them. He never said well done to me once ever, Benitez ever. Not yeah, I remember Gerard saying that as well. Is that true? So he never says well done to you? So, honestly, never. Never. To anyone, by the way. Like, Dwight scored a hat-trick. Dwight scored a hat-trick against Norwich. Last five minutes, scored a hat-trick. We would beat Norwich. Massive game. 1-4-3. And I, he, he came in. He's like, well done, lad. See you tomorrow. And you're thinking, hold on a minute. <laughs> this is um, What's just happened out there? It's unbelievable. He's like, well done. See you tomorrow. If you win, if you win, he says, "Well done, lad. See you tomorrow." If you get pumped four 0 well done, lad. See you tomorrow. That's it. Like, oh, so then, when when does he <laughs> when does he then tell you what you done well and what you done wrong on the Monday? And then he, he he don't really even do that. He just on to the next one, on to the next one, wow. on to the next one. This is what we're doing. He never really go back and dig out. Like, say if we went through a bad patch of like two months, he say, "Right, lads, we keep we keep doing this in this stage of the game, or we keep doing this in this." This this scenario or this pattern, and it'd be like to fix it. We need to do this, but he'd let it happen two, three, four times, and then jump in and fix it. And you might say, "Oh, you should surely you should recognise that and jump in the first time." But yeah. I don't know. It's like it was like he wanted to sort of see if the players worked out themselves. If we didn't, then he'd step in. And I, I don't know. So it was he was That's unbelievable. Oh, is he just on the car park thing that you're talking about? Member football fell at Swindon. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember a few at Swindon. I used, to, I used to, you know, I was like, I used to get there early and just sit in my car. Yeah, you used to come. To, you used to come for games at what twelve o'clock? Yeah, because I lived in. I still lived in. I lived in Fairham at the time. I was living like it was an hour and probably an hour and twenty minute drive to the to the gap to the ground. So I used to think I'm def- definitely not ever being late for a game. Imagine with the canoe, you're late for a game, you'd never be seen again. <laughs> so, so I used to have pre-match at like three hours before and then just leave as soon as I eat my pre-match I wake up bit of breakfast and then go and then I'll be at the ground for like 12 o'clock 
I'd have a, something in my car and yeah. I used to sit in the car park and Flinty was always early as well. I used to sit in my car park because he was a nervous wreck, wasn't he? <laughs> I, used to, <laughs> I used to sit there in my car and there was like 20 fans, all of them the same every week, weren't they? Just sitting there. And uh, I used to think, right, Flinty would get out. He loved it all. Like, get out, sign all the things. And I'd just sneak around the back. Like, fight. It, it was carnage getting up that alleyway, wasn't it? Mate, I remember that football. So sometimes I would get a lucky Flinty if Joe Devera was the tennis. But one day, Flinty took me, Flinty and Joe Devera sat in the front of his Q7 and I was in the back. <laughs> and that football film, it would get to your motor before you'd even park your car. So he was like, the car was driving in and he would be following the car into the car park walking, right? <laughs> So he comes up to Flinty's window, he starts banging on the window and he goes, All right, Ferry, what's this idea you've got of a new car? <laughs> I remember. I remember. So uh, Flinty's like, ah, watch this, right? So I'm in the back seat, Flinty's in the front seat. Flinty puts his window down he goes, All right, Phil. Phil pops his head in the window, mate, right? As he's popped his head in, Flinty starts putting his window up. So Phil's head's going like that up the window, right? His head's out and I go to Flinty, put my window down. So Funny puts my window down, Phil comes to the back seat, puts his head in, and again he does the exact mate. This went on for about ten minutes. <laughs> just go through a window of the door. I remember you telling us the story. I remember it. Oh uh, mate, but see what I was gonna say is see when you do sign that big deal with Newcastle, do you think back and think like I've done all this, I went through all this shit to get here? Yeah, definitely. Obviously uh, I think um uh Portsmouth was was sort of the thing that, that gave me I think if you don't have a goal, see not having a goal, it's like you, you, you can lose your way and lose your lose, lose your way on the path. And uh, I always had in my head I want to play in the Premier League and uh, I was told by so many people, Are oh, you too small, you're not quick enough, this that, and the other. And I always just my, my biggest uh, thing was probably that I, I recognised what my strengths were and I just always um I just my 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 desire really got me to where I was, but yeah, nah, for sure. When you sign it, when you sign the contract, you, you, I got to be honest. I signed it, and I thought I, I'm signing this, but I sacrificing so much. I've always been sort of one of them that likes being at home, and I was lucky. I was at Portsmouth, and I've been on Notts County was the furthest I've been, but I'd always really lived at home, and um, it was tough going to Newcastle to move away from from my comfort zone, really. Mm. And uh, it was a big, it was a big move for me, but. It was one of the ones where I signed it. I thought, right, I'm going to move up there. I'm going to try and make the most of it and, and make it last for hopefully the rest of my career. I couldn't really, at that time, I looked at it realistically. I was going to have to be unbelievable to get a move to a, then a bigger club. So my, my, my sort of thing that I wanted to do was sustain Premier League with, with Newcastle as we have done and, and then sign a new one. And hopefully I can have success in the next three or four years now. Right, I want to ask you this as well. You go to a Premier, a top Premier League club in Newcastle. How different is the standard for not just Bournemouth, but for being in League One? Is it is it massive? Like who was it, who was an absolute joke? Now, the standard was the one that actually stuck out for me. The first I went there in the obviously the pre-season I arrived, and they was having a bit of an overhaul because they'd just been relegated, and um, Genie Wanyaldum was still there. Wow. Sorry, this geezer. Like, he didn't want to be there. So you can imagine, like, he's training in, like, first gear every day. <laughs> and he must have trained for maybe six weeks. This guy is just smiling, constantly smiling. He didn't want to be there. but he's, And he must think, I've got Liverpool just sitting on the back burner. Because this guy was just smiling. 
and he never gave the ball away, side. Like, everything he'd done, he, he was like going in number 10 positions, like tight little pockets. He just Cruyff turn, little flicks around the corner, like this guy, unbelievable. And then he's gone to Liverpool and at Liverpool, he plays a little bit of a deeper role. And yeah. I watch him sometimes, I think like, I never really, I never really saw him in that role. I said, no, I've seen him, but, because at Newcastle, he was, he was like a he, number 10. He, he got like 10 goals, didn't he, at Newcastle? Maybe even more, 14 goals or something? 14 goals, yeah. He was, yeah. Like, a, he was like a striker, really, at Newcastle. And I've never really seen him in the position he's playing for Liverpool now, but obviously he's gone on to Liverpool and he's, he's now a massive, a massive player and part of their team. So, yeah, no, he was, he for me was the one that I thought, wow, this, this guy's a joke. I don't want you to name anyone, but do you get wrestlers in your team? Get what, sorry? Do you get, do you get, do you get wrestlers even at that level? Um, you, know, you know what? You explain what a wrestler is. <laughs> no, you're the bad guy. I'm a good guy. You're a bad guy. You can tell everyone what a wrestler is. I'm always joking. I am. Um, I don't know, man. No, I don't think you do. I think obviously you you, you get um, you get players that bring different things to the team, and um, but no, the the, the the standard, as you know, you the standard's so high, man. If you if you're not up to standard soon enough, you'll find yourself. Out the out the team, and then sooner 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 rather than later, not not in and around it at all. Did you take it straight away, or did it take you a while to get up to that standard? Or was Bournemouth quite similar? No, nah, Bournemouth was Bournemouth was probably I wouldn't say a better standard. I wouldn't say a better standard, but intensity side at Bournemouth was just something I've never seen before, and and I've never I've always craved it since I've left Bournemouth. What I do crave is uh, that intensity of training, and probably now that I'm getting a little bit older, it's probably worked in my favour that actually under Rafa, t- training was, was less intense. Um, and with, with the manager now, with, with, with Steve Bruce, it's probably the, the intensity's gone up a little bit, but something I'm really enjoying. But um, if I'd have trained like I had from like De Canio, Bournemouth, and then continued up to, for the, for the last four years, at that intensity, I think I probably would have had an injury of some sort. But I've, um, I've been really lucky. I've, I've did my ankle this year, but in a tackle. But other than that, I've never really had an injury. What about uh, what about that crowd, mate? Like I know you'll say it's amazing, but has it also got it's hard? It's hard times as well. Like, if things are not going great and they're on your back, you need to be a strong person to play under that crowd, mate. Yeah, there's. I mean, even since I've been there, we've we've had some players that come in and 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 look real good players and just just not really just not really been able to to handle the the, the pressure of St James's Park really, and it's something that. I, honestly, I really, I really, I loved it. As soon as I got there, I was like, "This is, this is unbelievable." And 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 I, I got myself on penalties and just situations like that. You put yourself on penalties and taking a penalty in front of fifty-two thousand is like even in, in. I took a few in the prem, but even in the championship now, the champ ones are the ones I remember because they were the ones that were like really important to get us promoted. And um, the pressure of taking them was something that you you'll never get that feeling again. And it was unbelievable. And, I, I I love it, but yeah, like you're you're right in what you say. If if it's not going well, but it's not just on the Saturday sides. That's the, that's the thing up there. It's probably the same in Celtic in yeah. in, in Glasgow. It's not just on a Saturday that it's it's bad. Like you go out for dinner. If you go out for dinner on a Tuesday or a Wednesday with one of the lads or when M was up with the, your missus or whatever, like the vibe. You're walking the restaurant and the vibe. You can feel the vibe. People are like piercing you with their eyes, and you're thinking. Like, come on, kids! Like, we we're having a tough run. I know, but give us like, give me a yard. I just get one a bit of steak or whatever. But 
Honestly, I'm, it's um, fanatics, me hurt fanatics, fanatics. But I love it, so I really do. I, yeah. I love the, I love the pressure. I love, I love it. I really do. I love it. Nate Ash as well. Andy Carroll, what kind of guy is he? Do you know what he's? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tight with him. To be fair, he's uh, when he came, I was, uh, obviously everyone seen, seen his career and like when he was younger, all the stuff in the press and that, and you think, oh, what's he going to be like? But he's a gentle giant, man. He's uh. He's actually in a similar situation to me. His, his wife and his kids are in London, and he's um, he's up in Newcastle. And we've uh, we got a, I've got a snooker table in my flat, and, and we've we spent many an afternoon playing snooker together. So we uh, we normally have a snooker afternoon around two p.m. and then some lunch in around Jesmond somewhere. Oh, lovely mate! Is he a top player, mate? Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, really good player. He's um, I've actually done what I've, I was injured. He came. I was injured. Or. He came, he was injured, then I was injured, so I've really I've missed him to play with him too to not I've not played with him too many times, but um you can tell obviously in training and, and the games he has played, he comes on and I think he's got five assists for us. Like he comes on, he's such a threat and uh he's a handful so like he's and you can tell he knows the game, he knows and he's brilliant in the dressing room as well. He's he's one of those lads that he's like a British experienced pro, you know, like probably from our sort of era, you know, like one of them that bit more like Dougie than what you'd get now, you know what I mean? Oh, because he'll be a dream for you, mate, if you can get on that left foot and find him in the box, eh? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully we can get going again soon, obviously, if, before this this uh, this virus passes and if we get going again, hopefully I can um, we can link up in some capacity. No, I just want to pull you up before we finish about the future. Never once set me up for a goal. Really, yeah? Uh, not once. Because I was probably scoring them all at Swindon, wasn't I? <laughs> I have but, but how many times you could have slipped me in and you just shot man yeah but sorry man how good was that 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 year was like every new hit mate just went in the top bin it? no I'm not talking about me I'm talking about as a team like just oh, that yeah. team do you know, I think it was just brilliant like I don't know I just I remember I remember cads honestly I remember like moments in games thinking about it now moments in games I, I cads would wrap it to me and then I'd set you, you play Cads in, and then Cads would just was it with his laces. I, yeah. I, it was unbelievable, man. It was, it was, the patterns we had in that, it was so good. I loved it. So, it's making it sad. I'm going to need to get a doubt, mate, because I'm going to fucking burst into tears here. Yeah. yeah right, future. <laughs> future. You ready? What's the plans for the future, mate? Five-year deal. Get the match no. paid off. And then back to yeah. Bombay. Well, that, that, uh, I did an interview last week. You've probably seen it. Uh, that, that's what I want. That, what I always wanted, like I said to you about Swindon, really, I, I felt like, I feel like at Portsmouth I've got unfinished business. It's something that I left there. I left there probably a bit naive and, and thinking, no, I need to get out of here um, and play games, which probably I could have waited, been a bit more patient and things may have been different. But um, Portsmouth is a club that I supported forever. I'm a supporter. And, um, I want to go back and have some sort of impact in, in, in in their success, if you like, so hopefully that can be the case, and uh, I can have a better spell than what you did there. I was going to say, who drank had more impact on me and you? Well, you have so far. But, uh, <laughs> hopefully, I can go back and have a positive one. Oh, as long as you get on the pitch, you'll make more impact than I did there, mate. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, right, life after Quinn. What we're going to do? Coaching, manager. You're going to get the suit on. No, I don't know. You know, I've um. I've spent, I'm 30 now, so uh, 
I've, I have, I've, I've started thinking what am I going to do and what do I fancy? And I don't know, I, I, I fancy, I really want to be a manager, but then at the same time, the, the biggest thing that I feel that football does is it has a complete tie on your life. And um, I think if, you, if you're a manager, it's worse. So if I'm going to be a manager, I think I'll probably take some time, think about what I want to do. And if I really do want to do it when I'm a little bit older, maybe 37, 38, look at it then and, and make a decision then. But that's something that I do have in the back of my mind I'd love to do. But I don't want to, um, I don't really want to wish it away. I, I want to, I've worked my, worked my socks off to get to where I am now and I want to enjoy it. And I don't really want to start, whilst I'm in the mix of it and, and playing at the highest level, I don't want to start thinking about what I'm going to do after it. I know, but you're saying that, mate, but you're obsessed with football anyway, so it's a perfect job for you. Yeah, I know, but then obviously you've got family now, it's different, isn't it? It's like, I don't know, I just think with the kids and that, especially being away from them now, the little man's four now, so it's like, I'm away at the minute and I think by the time I finish up in Newcastle, if it's, say, four years or whatever, he's going to be like kicking it, he'll be eight, nine, so he may, I'd like to be around for those, those years of him growing up. Is he any good? He's not really, do you know what, at the minute, he's not really interested in, in the football at the moment. I mean, he's, um, he kick a ball about in the garden, but he's not, he's banging to everything at the minute. It's just Spider-Man and stuff like that. You know the crack, but um, we'll see what happens. Tremendous. By the way, I never thought you heard it, hadn't you? The two kids. <laughs> Matty, I absolutely love you. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, sorry, it's good, man. I really enjoyed it. It was good. Top man. A hero. See you, mate. Now that the Leaving Cert results are out, are you wondering what the next move should be? Why not take a look at City of Dublin ETB? 13 great colleges where passion matters so much more than points. CDETB has a huge range of PLC courses, from media to childcare, tourism to science, brilliant teachers and one-to-one attention. And PLC courses at City of Dublin ETB offer a national QQI qualification. Visit cdetb.ie to find out more. It might be the best choice you'll ever make. If you've been waiting for an amazing deal on a used car, your wait is over with the Renault Selection Offer. A 4.9% APR low-rate finance offer means you save over €1,000 with Renault Bank versus the majority of high street banks. Plus, you get a minimum three years warranty and three years roadside assistance across our full Renault car range. Renault Selection, a new standard in used cars. Visit your local Renault dealer today. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.